Welcome to the Oboran Chronicles podcast. This podcast is hosted by five black Muslim women, Hafsa, Ikran, Istahil, Sahra, and Amlakhair. This is your girl Sahra, the one and only non-Canadian on this podcast. Join us every month as we talk about our personal experiences, pop culture, identity, and politics. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Abuan Chronicles podcast. Today we have some special guests. Musa and Yasin from SSCO. Want to say hi, guys? Want to plug yourself in? Oh, hi, hi. Um, my name is Musa. And I'm Yasin. Um, we do scope sometimes, and yeah, yeah, scope. Go check us out. <laughs> check them out if you haven't already seen them, and you've seen us already. That's kind of surprising, but um, hey, you know things happen in the world. Um, I'm Hafsa, and I'm here with Umul Khair. Hi, it's Sahra. So for today's episode, we're going into what's our responsibility as diaspora kids in Somalia? What do we owe to Somalia in general? I'm sure all of us, you know, now that we're all grown, university or done with university, our parents are always coming for us, you know, you need to, okay, you know, you got your shit together, you're helping out, you know, the Adans, you need to help out the Somalis back in Somalia. So do you guys feel like you owe anything to Somalia or that you need to go back in any way? I owe everything to um, my parents and therefore I owe a lot to my motherland. So it's just like a connection thing. Do you know what I mean? It's like a, a Bluetooth connection type of thing. So like in the sense where like, you know I mean, that's still my, that's my, still my home. Like regardless of wherever I go in life or wherever I do in life, that's still going to be my home. So I feel like I owe everything to that as well. So yes, in, in, in short. Mm-hmm. So like you've, you found yourself that you need, that's because of your parents, not because you've been there or because you feel anything in. Uh, so, so like as a kid, I went from Sweden to Somalia, uh, like I was like five or six and that kind of open my eyes to like everything that I didn't know before so I like I, I was just living this like rich priv- not rich but like privileged life in, in Sweden where everything was gravy and life was all good and stuff do you know what I mean so when I went to Somalia and I seen how everything was and I seen like like uh, that's in Somalia was the first time I witnessed like offer that that's got mental health problems etc. So you know what I'm saying so like all that stuff was foreign to me and I seen people locked up from there from their ankles and that kind of stuff and I seen poor people and I seen and this is like people that were around me surrounding me by at that time so since then, like, it's been in my head that I'm going to go back one day, inshallah, and, and do something about it. Inshallah. And do the rest of you guys feel the same way? I do, yeah. I think the thing about Somalia is the situation that it's in right now. It's in a state where if we don't help out, we will. You know, who else is going to have that kind of responsibility? And who else is going to be bothered to do it, really? And if, if we don't, and if we don't build things up now as well, in 20 years' time, when people are reaping the benefits, you're going to be kicking yourself because you didn't, you know, you didn't help out when stuff was bad. So, yeah. I definitely think we have a duty to. Yeah, I also agree. I think that, as Musa mentioned, we're extremely privileged in that we are living in the West. You know, we don't have to deal with a lot of the troubles that people in Somalia deal with. But then being Somali is part of us, right? It's in our blood. And so we kind of do have a responsibility to go back and provide what we can as Somalis living abroad, right? I think it's really important for people to go back and see the condition there because a lot of people, they don't understand their responsibility and what's going on back home. Going there gives you a strong kind of idea of how privileged you are and how important it is for you to go back and, you know, do your part. So, Ikran and Sahara, do you feel like you owe anything there? 
Not really. Well, wait, is that, is that, wait, no, sorry, is that, no, no, that sound no, from Stockholm? Listen, sorry, that's that's that, yeah, I, listen, that listen, 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 I don't own anything because, you know, it wasn't a situation that I created, you know, Woo! like, oh, like, I was like, listen, 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 I was still, listen, I will still go back and help people out, but I don't think I own, like, it's not, it's not like something that I have to do, have to, yeah, have to do because I, I don't know, I don't know, it's just, do you not feel like this is your like this is your people and do you not feel like yeah yeah of course of course yes yes of course i will help my people and it's my duty not a duty but like i want to do because i want to do it i want to help because i want to help but it's not something that you know i have to do i I think i get what you're saying i I think i think what you're trying to say is like because we always get pressured to be honest, like yeah. every, every whatever you studied, your parents are always, and not even just your parents, your community is always like, don't forget, don't forget, you have to, you have to, you have to. And you're what you're trying to say is, I don't have to, I want to, but I don't have to. It's not us, you know, it's my decision to do it. Is that what you're trying to say? Mm. But the thing yeah. is, like, I don't have the same connection to Somalia as my parents do. There's a of big difference not, yeah. there. So yeah. the way my my mom feels about Somalia, I can't relate to that because I, w- I, I, grew- I was born and raised here in Sweden. I was not born and raised in Somalia. I did, I did, I visited Somalia. Sure, that's, that feeling maybe was like, it was like a short time feeling for like, oh, I want to help. I want to come back. But when you go there, you realize that you're always going to be a diaspora. You will never be Somali, Somali, you know? Mm-hmm. That ties into that's the next a- thing that I wanted to say, like, there's it's one thing that yeah we oh we're all saying okay we need to help we need to go we need to you know do something you know but at the same time i feel like a lot of it has to do with we have to remember what our place is we are diaspora we're not indigenous to somalia anymore like we're not from we're not the locals there anymore right we never have been to be honest so what right do we have to go in there and like you know be like yeah i'm helping and then we still all the ngo jobs I all those no, I don't. Jobs. I don't agree with that. I think that you, we need take to, all those. you need to find your niche and do something that's that's worth doing, not something that someone else there can do as well. Um, but going back mm-hmm. to what Zahra said, there is going to be a country that's going to benefit from the work, you know, the blood, sweat, and tears that you put into your daily life. You know, that like your work. There is going to be a country that's going to benefit from that. Now, who who do you owe that work to more? Would you say Sweden? Would you say Somalia? Because unfortunately we don't have a diaspora country that we can put that work into so there is somewhere i mean like in kind of the line of priorities who comes first i feel like we can't just think it's to somali we need to also think about the people around us especially like here in toronto there's so many like troubled youth right so how can i it just sounds crazy to be jumping to youth in somalia maybe instead of literally my neighbors or the person across the street you know if we're gonna do it i feel like we have to either do both equally or like kind of focus on here right now and try to help where we are and then maybe like branch out no i see i see i i i see where you're coming from but um so my, my point towards that would be who would benefit from the work more like in a sense where like if you were to do the same thing that you did in toronto in somalia then like what what youth would benefit way more i feel like the, first of all i feel like the issues are two different things first of all but at the same time like if if you were to put in the same effort and time into somalia as you did to uh, a community in toronto then the people in somalia they don't have no one else you know saying? they don't have anyone else that can do that for them but in, in toronto there could be another person could 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 set up a community or something like that another person could set something up or the government could do that or etc but like 
in Somalia, there's no one, but there's no one out there to help these kids, or no one out there to help anyone in Somalia. So, like in a sense, we are the only people. Not, I don't want to make it sound like we're some sort of saviors or whatever, but I'm saying like we we've got money, whereas like and and the people that do have money down there, they they kind of like I don't know, greedy in a sense. Yeah, I think Hafsa and I had this discussion before, and like it was really heated because I was saying that there are certain jobs in Somalia where the locals there are not trained to do them you know like certain special fields like specializations within certain fields right so they need someone to come in and bring that kind of those kind of resources right there's other jobs where and then there's certain individuals who go to Somalia just to to kind of benefit from the money there like I'm going to open a business and I'm going to gain so much profit because no one else is doing this and they're not really thinking about Somalia right so I think the important thing to do is kind of go in there with a mindset where, okay, I'm going to make a comp, I'm going to build a company, but then I'm going to hire locals. I'm going to kind of diversify the economy there. I'm going to help the people there, you know? And if you're an individual who studied abroad and studied something that, you know, you know, for example, when you go to Somalia, no one else studied this, it's important for you to kind of go there, even if it, if it's training individuals so that they can work in that field or, um, you know, creating jobs in that field or op- helping to create, I don't know, uh, you know, a, f- a program where students can study this uh, certain topic. It's like our job to do that because who else will, you know, they don't have the resources in terms of like universities. They don't have the, what do you call it? The program, right? So in that sense, I think it's really important for us to kind of step in. Um, and here's, this here's, is my you, thing. here's my thing. thing. Here's my thing. I'm hearing a lot of, we need to help. They need us. Um, you know, the Sakin, you know, they're struggling. We have, we have to come in there and put our foot down. I'm just hearing a lot of white savior complex, to be honest. Like, we've internalized <laughs> that shit. No, honestly speaking, honestly speaking, like, the way that, it's not just, I'm not saying this specific conversation, but the conversation, the way it usually goes is we need to go in there and, and save them, help them. Um, a lot of people that live in Somalia, not everyone is like, um, dirt poor, dying course, people yeah. a That's lot a of them they've gone to university there's lots of universities in somalia and somaliland there's lots of people who studied abroad in like malaysia china pakistan india and they came back so don't think that okay of course i'm not gonna completely cancel out what mukhair said and like say that they they're completely self-sufficient of course not they there's some certain things here and there that of course they are deficient in but what i'm trying to say is a lot of what we're trying to come in and um, take over or like, you know, fill a niche that is supposedly empty doesn't really exist. There are people there for and they're unemployed. If anything, what I would say is the best way, honestly speaking, in my, like, of course, you know, my in my infinite wisdom, because I'm just so smart. Um, the best, like, to me, the best way would be just to invest. Put your money in Somalia, because what happens is, Yes, we're there, um, we go there, we take jobs, we make money, we open businesses, we open companies, but then where does our money go? But is it enough? It goes to our house in, in, in Canada, it goes to our house in Europe. No, not just, no, I'm not saying give money and not do anything else. There are a lot of startups there. There are a lot of companies and, and businesses that are already flourishing there. That you can, and investing your money doesn't mean, when I say put your money in somebody, I don't mean give your money to your cousin. I'm saying buy stocks in a company that needs money. Invest in a company that Call needs money. Don't trust them, what do you do with your savings? You, you trust your money with a white man. Why can't you trust your money with... And I'm not saying, waste, of course... I don't, yeah. trust, I don't trust them, yeah, man. I'm not saying... <laughs> <laughs> no, I really don't. <laughs> but no one's saying... But listen, I'm not saying throw in hundreds of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands of pounds. I'm saying, okay, you got an extra hundred bucks. That hundred bucks will do a lot over there and won't do so much here. You don't always have to be like... 
the the ways for you to contribute to assist to an economy and to society doesn't have to be you physically being there. There are other yeah, ways to do it. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you can, you don't have to physically be there, but you can start something there that flourishes over the years, right? But it's still yours, and it's your money, and you take it out of the country. If you give it, if no, if you start, for example, if you make a, a school, build a school, you're gonna start up building the school, but eventually the locals are gonna run the school, right? So no, it's just you're you. gonna hire people from outside to no, run the school. No, no, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying you don't need to hire people from outside of the country to run the school. You can hire locals within the country to run the school. You're trying to tell me that people in Somalia, when they open schools for business, not schools for charity, school for business, or like you know to make a great school, they don't bring in teachers from outside. I'm saying no. I'm saying if we were to go there, forget about people do now, but if we were to go there, we would hire locals that have the skills to work in that school. Like, why would we go outside of Somalia? You know what I mean? I'm just saying that's what I'm usually... Maybe, okay, you can do that. It's great. But what usually happens is... That is what happens school, and it's wrong. And they right? bring in teachers, like, not even, like, teachers from Kenya and Tanzania. And yeah, they'll bring in Sudanese and Egyptians. And Sudanese and, and Egyptians. Yeah. And they'll be like, yeah, we're learning out of... There's a school in Hargeisa. There's a boarding school. And it's all, like, I think people from the UK had done people teaching that school. Are you talking about Adan people? I have no idea. Yeah. That's crazy. So it's like, but then I heard that a lot of the students there, so they just prime them to to apply to Ivy League universities. And then a lot of the students there are going to like Harvard and like Princeton. That school was actually, that school was actually um, nominated for, what's that, Somali Awards? Oh, yeah. Somali Excellence. International, uh, the ICE thing? That's, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's crazy flipping out yeah. i didn't even know that one. that's actually mad interesting one. but i mean like yeah, yeah it's great you know but at the same time it's great that, that it's happening but we just need to be and it's needed i'm not saying that it's not needed it is needed but you just got to be really careful so that's our job that's what i'm saying it's our job for us to look into what we're doing right people they're doing things wrong right now but in the future for us we should kind of look into investing within uh, uh investing in the locals in the country i think it's important to remember that somalia is not a stable country. So you can't be out here throwing money to do businesses. Next thing you know, you have AK-47 pointing at your face. So (laughs) it's important to remember that, you know, Somalia is not really a safe... You have to be careful. If you're putting money into businesses, especially businesses... Uh You have to be careful. I'm not gonna lie to you. If I, this is what I'm saying. I don't trust these men, right? The, th- the thing is now, yeah, there, there's people that steal money from charities in Somalia, right? So how can I trust them with a yeah. business? So like, this is what I mean. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't. I've got trust you have issues. You do it yourself. Yeah. yeah. And I'm pretty sure Somalis hate diaspora. So yeah, exactly. So yeah. so if anything, they they'll just finesse you. Exactly. Yeah. Well, like, so that, that that's the reason why I, don't, I can't trust these guys at all. Like, I don't really believe in in, in their business at all. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Unless it's Dahab Shield, I'm not gonna invest into you. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, if, sure. if Dahab Shield got an investment op- opportunity. Yeah, but how do you think Dahab Shield started? There are a lot of like reliable businesses and companies in Somalia. You have to yeah, do your research. Yeah, of course. Research. 100%. Just saying, like, that's just saying yeah. that. Just saying that I'm not gonna trust anyone. You know, uh, they they all suck. They're all too good. Like, first of all, that. The Adan stuff is really strong in you because first of all, save your Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> Second of all, like you just the same way you do your research when you're investing your money here, do your research when you're investing your money there. You have family there, you have relatives there, you have people that can ask around questions. Like you're sound like you're going in blind. If anything, it's even better because the thing is, how do you think somebody's do hackbuds? You're trusting your money. You're not with strangers. Mom. You know all the people like, in Hagbud. Nah, but I'm not, even in, I'm not even in the Hagbud. I can't lie to you. I don't trust them as well still. <laughs> what? Okay. Hagbuds are reliable. <laughs> that's the best no, I'm joking. Nah, nah, Hagbuds are real. 
Yeah, I trust them more than a bank. Seriously, you have to like knock on their doors to like get their money. That's too much. But you will get your money. I don't care. I don't want to have to go and beg them to give my money. That automatic deposit needs to hit my account. Like I'm not gonna knock your door. Where's my Where's my portion? But the thing is, in any other, a lot of other cultures and societies, you will never see that money in again. Imagine Adam people trying to do a hagbet. Imagine like, and even when they do a hagbet, you don't necessarily know all the 10, 12, 15 people in your hagbet. You, your friend might know her. Your other friend might know that one too. It doesn't mean you're best friends with all 10 of them, right? What I'm trying to say is, like, when you're investing your money in somebody, it's the same idea. Get, like, of, the, of course, there's going to be risk associated with it, but I don't think that risk is necessarily from Tugnimo, especially if you're getting getting that money or you're putting that money into a reliable source. But if someone's willing to go there and saying? do it themselves, then why can't they just... I'm not saying you can't. I'm saying go for it. But what I'm saying is, a lot of the money, when you, first of all, you're taking jobs. Second of all, a lot of the money you're making from it doesn't go back into the country. Uh, like, when you do a Hagwood thing, now, Hagwood... It's, it's literally about this one person that everyone trusts in the community so that, that lady's like get collecting all the money from everyone so there's no equivalent version of, of someone like that in terms of like business I, mean, I, I don't know what I feel like a lot of people try to play into the whole oh so I learned how or didn't but I've seen people rob each other like, like blindly because oh I'm going to trust this brother because he's Muslim and he's like Somali but the next thing you know this guy's gone to like Nigeria somewhere and he's talking like he's got like well, I don't know do you know I mean? like he's living another life so I've got trust issues in, in terms of everything really that's true I don't think I would trust a random person either so exactly yeah I think you trust I think you'd have to like trust someone that's there so if you were like operating this from outside of Somalia you'd know someone that's running operations on the ground and you'd trust them I think you'd probably have to be there and know the people and establish yourself and then you'd be willing to trust them I would I don't think that anyone would be willing to trust a stranger over like phone be like oh yeah Hafsa would because Hafsa's talking like she would then, I so. know she would right right she I'm trusts every saying, single person I'm not saying trust everyone I'm just yeah, saying so I'm not do lie to your you. research Hafsa I've got a mad business in Somalia and I can't lie to you I'll give you the account details so if you want to like invest <laughs> into it like shout me shout me. <laughs> oh my god for real though like I'm just saying do your research you're willing to trust a white man in these markets in this economy out here Hafsa think about it there are repercussions here no if a bit if an investment loses your money you lose your money but if it's a loss, it's a loss. So, like, we're not saying we can't take losses. We're saying if the person you trusted your money with runs away with it. Here, you have receipts. You can track them down. You Like, there are laws, you know, like fraud and everything. Somalia, what do you mean? Like, Somalia, you're going to, you're not going to be able if to. some huge hedge fund that you put your money in is slowly whittling away his money and hiding in some Caribbean banks. You think you're going to get that money back? You're oh not going to get it back. so extreme. You're my so point extreme. Is, my point is, the risk <laughs> will be higher. I'm just saying, the it risk... sounds like a wolf of Wall Street. You need to calm down. <laughs> well, I'm like, like Caribbeans and that. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying, if you do your research properly and you know who you're sending your money to and you know exactly what it's for, you don't just throw your money places. It doesn't matter. This, this is what I'm trying to say to you. The only, honestly speaking, though, the only thing I'm wor- I would be worried about wouldn't be, like, for example, losing my money or whatever. I would be more worried about... When you send money to Somalia, friggin' FBI, CSIS, MI, whatever, coming coming for you and be like you're sending your money to ISIS, that's more worrisome to me. Oh shit, yeah, they do that as well. Yeah. Like, they do that around the UK a lot, to be honest. Yeah, a lot of people get a lot of people get questioned because um, they say, "Oh, you you guys are sending money to Somalia? Why are you sending money to Somalia?" So it's all kind of madness, to be honest. Exactly, and like, and companies in Somalia wouldn't be transparent enough to like prove that they're not giving money to 
whatever shabab or whoever else you know so you just need to that's that's what's more scary but now they just drop the money in their phone yeah that's true but if you're investing in a business that for instance just happens to have a person and that works in the higher ups and gives money to shabab or whoever else that's true. you can't you won't know okay but like know, we can't right? know these things but listen right now all we're talking about is once we're established and we're not broke people anymore because right now realistically speaking how much money do we really have in our bank account so <laughs> why are we acting like we can do anything for anyone soon. at this point in time but what can we do right now being broke like like all of this business and stuff that's like when you're established you've got that lag you know but right now what can what would you guys do right now like in your current situation so my auntie like she has like a group on whatsapp like obviously filled with somali uh aunties but basically what they're trying to do is pay tuition for orphans so they have like education for a year so it's like ten dollars per month and it covers them for the whole uh for the whole month and i was thinking like at least like sure i'm not be ball- i'm not balling right now so i think like education is definitely one of the most important price and the thing is like if you've been to somalia you know that parents legit like they work so hard just to make sure the kids get an education so i think education is something that's very important i know that like a lot of college students in the uk i know that a lot of uh, university students were raising kind of having all these fundraisers so that's something that people can do too like have fundraisers and just like organize about, events are you talking about the ones for the drought last no year? but like fundraisers yeah. are for like when something happens right i mean like in every like as i was saying like paying someone's tuition every month because you know so yeah. little like for us like well i we spend 20 dollars when we go out for dessert with our friends you know like it's nothing right and for them like it actually is a lot of money for them it pays for like actual stuff but that's really interesting like well I was, like i don't i don't see why that should be like a like a genuine thing. We should genuinely just start one, like saying, I don't know, some sort of like GoFundMe or whatever to pay for people's tuitions. That should be like yeah. a thing. Well, that's yeah. I like that. See, that's something we could actually do instead of just talking about unrealistic businesses and like. Can we actually do that, guys. On a serious note, like, can we, can we do that after this podcast? That'll be sick. Yeah, well, yeah. 100% like, I'm for honestly. that. Let's do it. Let's do it. We could definitely do that, yeah. Like, tuition is nothing. Tuition, I think, like, high school is like $15 a month, $10 a month. Mm-hmm. So we can, like, if just the five listed that we can pay for, like, how many students? Yeah, so just, yeah, like, five students every month. That's guys, sick. We could totally it. do it. I think we could do it. Mm-hmm. And if you just grab, like, a family, like, other people around you who are willing to do it, mm-hmm. like, people that you personally know, mm-hmm. you don't have to go and try to get, like, hundred people want to go fund me you know if anybody else is willing to contribute that's great yeah yeah and then just monthly whoever can pay pay you know no no but the thing is it has to be consistent you can't pay for somebody's tuition for one month and not the next month like if we're a group or or if you if you gather a lump sum and then mm. divide it over the month oh fair yeah that that, too, that works. works too but anyways like that's something that we can do with our the little the meager savings that we have the little money that we have um but um but yeah, so giving money never like decreases your wealth. So you're just getting more money by giving money. So just putting mm-hmm. that out there. But I wanted to go back. I wanted to go back to what you said, um, Ikran, um, in the beginning about helping those around you rather than focusing so much on Somalis in Somalia, right? Because I find that a lot of the time, we already know charity begins at home, but a lot of the time we're so fixated on what's going on in Somalia that we forget what's happening in our communities, and our communities aren't doing so well. Yeah, especially so here. How do we, especially how do we in Toronto, yeah. Not just in Toronto, in every single major metropolitan city, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, something that happens often is like we always wait for like a tragedy or something to happen for us to like get motivated again. Like it's so disgusting because it's like we use that as a fuel and then it dies out, and then another kid has to die. Like. 
uh, Friday morning, and then I had to still, like, I think two kids were shot. And so, like, now everyone's hyped up again, like, oh, we have to change. Where's this? Is it? In Toronto. Oh, subhanAllah. Yeah. yeah, two kids got shot. One of them was Somali. And so, like, everyone gets over it. Like, now everyone's, like, I think one of them, their janazah was today. Everyone gets mad about this, and then over, like, three weeks, it dies down, and then everyone forgets that we have a problem. And then the next mm-hmm. kid dies, and then everyone gets mad again. Is it like that in Manchester, too? See, Manchester hasn't got, like, a gun problem or a knife. We've got some sort of, like, knife crime, but then not, it's, it's not really as high as London. London is, like, way worse, I guess. It's it's way, way less than Canada and, and America or anything like that. Because, I don't know, well, knife crime is a big thing in London that everyone's trying to tackle right now. And they're trying to, like, I don't know, some some rapper was tweeting about how they should bring back the whole stop and search thing. But it's it's weird, well, like, because even stop and search is not going to do anything because that's just, like, targeting black youth and that's not going to really do anything. Yeah, so it's kind of... St- he, he's never really been through that. He's, like, a little kid. But, like, Manchester's... Well, I can't compare it. Like, I genuinely can't compare it to... To um Toronto or anything like that, but that's this is the thing. Like, why do you guys think this is the case? Or why do you guys think this is like a, a common thing? Well, it's with it's like that with every new immigrant community, especially like considering the violent way that Somalis came here to the UK, like to Canada. Sorry, in the UK, Somalis have been there for a little bit longer. But considering like with every new immigrant community, it's been like it was like this when the Jamaicans first came here, when the Sikhs came here a couple of years ago. Like it's always like that, right? So it's and it's it's part of adapting. It's part of being the new kids on the block. It's part of your parents not really understanding the culture and you having to grow up and adapt to this culture it's part of making you know know, the little money that you need right so it's not really surprising that it's happening and the responses to it it, i think that it is going to take a long time for us to adapt and you know help with the situation and fix up and all that it's going to take a long time and our response i'm not going to say our responses are minimal because like our community is trying and inshallah we do get there what i was what i was also thinking about was not just necessarily the knife crime and like the violence and the shootings and the killings but other things in terms of like somali kids in the public school system you know like dealing with the fact that they're somali they're somali they're black they're muslim like all those hardships and like having to struggle in schools right like how can we help in that sense like in the community so, you know uh, in manchester for example like we've been me and yasin have been trying to set up this community thing in manchester for like the longest but um every time we try to set up like we just get we, i don't know you know you just get like one of them roadblocks and then you kind of just get demotivated and you just try again etc but like there's there's no sense of community in manchester whatsoever like i've, I've noticed i've noticed like in in london the community is kind of way better than it is in manchester and i don't know why that is i don't know why that is the case um where there's there's no um central point where all the somalis can kind of like chill it used to be the mosque but now the mosque has become more um i don't know they, they made it like more formal i guess so like kids don't even want to go to the mosque anymore so it's a lot of issues where where you know if if the kid doesn't know where he belongs or where he can chill with his own people etc then he kind of dives into the the whole road life and like all the little stuff just to like pass time so we try to tackle that by making some sort of community center but we haven't done that yet it might just be because you guys aren't that many but if you guys aren't that many it should be like easier to make a tighter community but yeah that's you just have to like look for the kids that need mentors or like someone to look up to because i feel like here something that would really help would be like mentorship programs or something but like no one's down for that no one wants to and especially like for us the guys need it more than the girls like the girls we already have each other all of us is pretty close the guys we need it more and where are the guys going to school Trying or, to help like, they're, uh-huh. they're the ones who are not showing up and like doing anything for the younger guys so i feel like that's what we're lacking oh that's the thing i think it's a lack of lack of male role models i think that's a, a very very deep issue no like if a guy like example kids that are on the road whatever doing all this type of shit they're not gonna listen to a guy with a suit 
you know, be like, oh, you guys could change now. Wow. You know, they won't listen to that. They want someone who went, who was on the same type of path that they've been on. And that's a lot of the Somali guys that are a little bit older, but they're Hasaro. So, uh, so, 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 so like the thing, the thing that me and Yassin were trying to do is because we know like no one really likes to be talked to. Like no one really likes to, yeah. do, like a whole, a lot of, I feel like everyone's very like stagnated on the same idea. Like, so when, when the community tries to do an event for the kids now, yeah, they do this, they shout some old Somali guy to try to speak to you. Like, what's he going to tell you that, that, that you care about? You don't give a, you don't, you don't care about that shit. And then they bring in some next Adan guy who has some sort of like, he's like community something, whatever, etc. And I'm like, no one's going to listen yeah. to some Adan guy speak shit. Like, no, no one, no one cares about that. So the point being is, um, I don't know if anyone's listened to this podcast where they're going to be, like, this is an idea that I think everyone should like try to incorporate. If you like grab a bunch of youth and just sit down with them and just have a conversation with them, not at them, but with them. So instead of like, like telling them stuff, you listen to them. Because I, I feel like a lot of youth don't have anyone to speak to about like real stuff. Because the parents, you can't talk to your parents and you can't really talk to your peers about certain things sometimes as well. Because, like, if you're on road, you can't really talk about, like, I don't know, say if you're having some sort of, like, I don't know, you can't talk about other stuff like your, your um I don't know, like, well, I don't want to... Like mental health. Yeah, you can't talk about mental health to your peers. Well, like, sometimes you don't have friends that you can talk to about that kind of stuff. So it's good to have somewhere where you can chat to someone about that. So, and then, like you guys said, like, the people that make it in life, like, the mandem that make it in life kind they of dip. just like they dip, they, they, they dip yeah they dip they, yeah so 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 when i see like i don't know well like some some kid came up to me one day and he was like oh my god like oh you do youtube in it oh my god i've seen your youtube blah, 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 and all that kind of stuff and i was like yo like if you need any help with like youtube and that kind of stuff shout at me like because there's no one there for me to like there's no one for me uh, that said that to me do you get what I'm saying like or anything like that there's no blueprint for me and I feel like a lot of kids don't have a mentor like you guys just said right now it's kind of peak or like yeah I just remember growing up and honestly speaking like going to university and figuring shit out like I didn't have a lot of people to look up to and to help me out with all of that I was kind of going into everything blind and what was really interesting was that I think we got a curious cat a couple of months ago message where somebody was like they're talking because we did an episode a while back called men are trash and somebody was like it's not that men are trash it's just that you don't see them it's just that you know once once Somali guys like you know make it they just they just bounce and they're they don't they're no longer part of the community and I was like that's part of the problem like that's that that's just adding to the narrative that's just making us be bigger haters because how are you gonna like disappear when we need you most you know what I'm saying do you feel like women stay around like women that make it do you reckon they they give back to the community or they do you see a lot some more Somali girls who are helping the community like the problem here is like I feel like guys like, younger guys really idolize the older guys. And it's not even like that with girls. Girls, they don't really care. I feel like if an older guy who's, like, is maybe going to school or has a job and he just talks to them, these kids will listen to them. You know, they value what they say. Like, let's say I go to them and I talk to them. It goes right over their heads. Like, I see this with my brother, you know. Like, my brother doesn't listen to what I say. But if someone who's doing exactly what I'm doing but is a guy talks to him, he'll value what he says. And it's like... True, true. Oh my god, that's so problematic. Well, I don't, I don't understand it to be honest, but misogyny from like a basic young age. I don't think it's misogyny. I think it's just they look up to them, like they, they don't relate to you like that. It's, it's more, it's more, yeah. It's, it's not. I don't think it's misogyny. I think it's more like you don't understand what we're going through. Like, okay, a lot, a lot of times now, yeah, well, like, because we, when we were trying to organize this thing, this community thing, um, we were trying to do it with two other girls because we felt like if we do um a guy session, like we we were we have to do a girl session as well. So and and the girls came up with. This great idea to say that we should mix like we should do um, a guy uh, so me and, and this girl would host this one guy session because she was like because I, from my perspective I was like me I think should hold it uh, should do the guys one because 
like kids, little kids now are, are not going to listen to, um, like what you guys just said right now. Like they're not going to listen to a, a woman speaking from her perspective because they're going to be like, oh, you don't know what we're talking, we don't know, you don't know what we're going through, etc. Um, but she said like it's we need to change that narrative in it. We need to basically, I don't know, fix that in it. So in a sense, I kind of got it. I never knew that was a thing until she was speaking about it. But I, from my, from me, I see we were like, like I wouldn't speak, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't vent to, um. Like I, I wonder about my issues because I, I genuinely don't feel like they know what what young kids are going through. That's just genuinely what how we see it. Like little little young kid, male kids, yeah, young male kids. Like even though you guys might think you know what your brother's going through, or you might try to picture what's going through, like what 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 That's it's like. Cool. I don't think like I don't feel like you guys know. And the fact that and the fact that people pretend like they know, or they it's not like you guys are doing it from a, like a um like a um like a pretending like whatever, but because you believe you know it automatically turns them off. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, because you think, you know what it's like, he's going to be like, oh, I'm never going to listen but to you. the only reason why we're doing it is because no one else is doing it. If there were guys to do it, then trust me, we wouldn't, we need them. And it doesn't have to be so formal. Like, it doesn't have to be, you know, be in a big brother, little brother program or, you know, volunteer. Yeah, just help out your neighbor. Like, like, be an older brother to your help neighbor. Help out your neighbor. Stay, like, stay at kids. home for, like, a little bit. Don't always dip, like, every time. Like, you know, it's just about just being present. Because a lot of times, like, when it comes, even for girls and whatnot, it's not like we're running community centers and we're doing things. It's just... We're just present. Yeah, just be present. That's mm-hmm. all it is. I feel like guys need to do that. Like, if you guys see a little kid, boy who's on the streets all the time, bring him to play ball. Yeah, go play ba- Yeah, go play ball with them on the court. I don't know why it doesn't happen. Well, I, I, I don't know what it is that uh, kind of separates us from, like... I don't know, maybe... I don't know. Well, I, I can't... I, I've been thinking about this for a while as well. Well, I don't know what it is why, why people kind of dip from 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 the ends as soon as they kind of find a way out really i don't know what I've, it's a big issue though it's definitely like something that needs to fix yeah it might also be that girls tend to stay home more than guys a girl will look for a job in her city where her parents are where her family is and she'll stay there right she'll try her best anyways maybe she won't get it but she'll try her best but for guys it's like the whole world the world's their oyster they can go anywhere you know and usually when when guys get married for example they leave right they leave their families and the girls are more present that's true. In terms well. of when they get married, the girls always tend to come back to their family and their neighborhood and whatnot. But when guys get married, it's kind of like they don't see their family as much. But there are a lot of guys who are very, like, you know, active in, like, their community and all that, especially where I'm from. So shout outs to you. There are a lot. I'm not going to even fucking lie. <laughs> I think they're a good amount i think there's a good amount it's usually the ones that have gone through so the ones that have gone through that roadman life you know that have gone through a lot they're the ones that usually come back and help their their community majority of the time they're reformed the reformed ones yeah Yeah. they're like 30 plus majority like okay like well i genuinely i like i am i feel like everyone in their 20s maybe um is just busy doing their own thing i I feel like everyone's just trying to focus their own thing and and that's probably adds to the problem where i don't know because everyone's struggling with time in it like everyone's just trying to figure out because because for example like if it was myself then i would either be out doing something else or or I might be like scoping or I might be doing something else or I might be filming or I might be doing that but then I don't have like a, a whole day to dedicate to, which I should do but like do you know what I'm saying like I might be busy doing XYZ going back to original topic so like if we can't even help the people around us right how do you think we can help people in Somalia mad we don't even have time to be like chilling with the kid next door but we have big dreams go to Somalia and make a change but we can't even like do that in our backyard I think they're two different things though no I think a lot of time it's all talk 
We talk a lot. Mm-hmm. That's true. We do talk a lot, and we but don't necessarily. We all have big dreams. We all. We're all like. I mean, how many times have some has somebody said, you know what? I'm gonna go spend this many this many months out of the year in Somalia or this many years. Like, what job is gonna let you do that? Like, it's not. People get comfortable. They get a job. They get comfortable, and they and then they don't end up doing much. So, I just think we talk a lot, and we need to. We need, we need to, to like, do better. You know, do but but Ikran, when it comes to your point. I think we're at, so at different points in your life, you can help with different things. Like at this point in our lives, I think we can help a lot with the youth around us, right? But later on, when we're kind of, later on, when we're in our 30s and whatnot, it might be easier for us to help back home because we'll be more financially stable and all of that. So prioritize with what's easy for you. Yeah, exactly. Steps. You can always help back home though. I feel like there's always an opportunity for you to help. I agree with the whole like it's all talk like literally well like i feel like everyone just everyone's got the same like hype talk where they're like oh we're gonna build an orphanage back home etc like that's just everyone's dream in a sense but i don't know like it's, it's a weird thing it's we live in a weird and i feel like social media is also like a big problem as well because a, a lot of people are talking purely for like social media sake like people just hyping themselves on the social media like oh, i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do xyz then you never do it but social media definitely helped raising money like it has its positives and its um negatives but social media has short-term memory everybody's like on on the boat for like two minutes and then like once you know it it isn't a thing anymore it just blows over and everybody forgets about it you know like the whole drought situation like people were raising money for like three four months and then everybody forgot about it like it's like it's just hyping a lot of people that's why i'm saying invest invest Mm -hmm. is investing is a long-term solution rather than throwing your money at a problem or just going to the there for a couple of months and, you know, doing what you can and then bouncing, you know? Hafs is still trying to get us to invest to random people. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, to have no, random no, uncles, uncles' okay, business. And I was focusing. I'm, I'm not going to invest gonna into your uncles' business. Later. It's not happening. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to send you the detail later. But anyways, no, joking. Um, investing doesn't just mean, I, I know I focused on money earlier, but investing could also be, like, your time. Like, not necessarily opening a business, but, like, going and teaching at a university you know if you have the credentials that is going and training some people you know that's you're investing your time and again that's basically the whole teach someone to fish uh, you know theology or whatever so instead of like okay instead of just focusing on money you can focus on that as well so that's an option but i mean my point is i wish we would look more at long-term solutions rather than short-term ones. how about like people who send money religiously every month do you think that's crippling them in finding ways to provide for themselves or if, is this like Mad. like what do you guys think about that it's like aid it's like that's it's like welfare like, it's literally that's it's the same shit it's aid isn't it because all you're doing is it's what are, sorry like, that again. don't it's it's basically welfare because okay yes some some people need it you know that what what do, what do you guys call welfare in the uk uh, no no i'm with you i'm with you i'll say the same thing as well go on sorry <laughs> i just couldn't hear <laughs> yeah, you so it's basically yeah it's basically the same idea like you're sending the money to live off of and then, yes, they might need it. That's completely true. That's completely valid. But a lot of times it's crippling because look at how it is here. When people get welfare, they don't look for jobs because they know if they try to get a job, they're not going to get there's that no, welfare there's money. There's no jobs there, though. There's, there's no real jobs down there, really. Think about Of so, course. So if you Hamad, think about like... Of the, course, of course, yeah. of course. Hamali, but a, no, woman, no. a woman can't be... She can't be out here Hamali when she's got like yeah. six kids. There's some things that are not acceptable there. Forget Hamali. There's, like, there's certain things like... Some people they can they can't be garbage people they can't cut hair like it's that dramatic it's that deep over there right so at the same time we have to acknowledge the fact that yeah there are no jobs but we have to also and we can't stop sending money they need the money but then it's also it's also crippling them right so it's it's a double edged sword like what are you gonna do 
I think it's less of two evils though, to be honest, because like, I feel like, I feel like you sending the money is, it depends who you're sending money to, because a lot of times you're sending the woman, you're sending like money to like, you're not really sending money to, to, to uh, men really, most of the times, it's mostly to like, yeah, women that got kids and they don't have anyone else. It goes to women and that woman spends it on her household, on her household, which ends up being her husband, including her husband. She's paying for his food too. She's paying for his clothing too, right? Speaking of dunya. Yeah, so he's taking advantage of it as well, right? What what I would that's why I'm saying like for example, if you have a cousin that you're sending money to every month, why mm-hmm. don't you have that conversation with your cousin and be like, "Hey, listen, instead of me just sending you this money, do you want to start a business together?" Can they buy camels? Cuz I know camels. That's smart, smart. Like if they buy camels and then they can just kind of that's self-sustaining, isn't it? Isn't it? That's what a lot of people do. Honestly speaking, if you talk to your like if right now if we're having this conversation with our parents, they're gonna be like, been there, done that. Because they do a lot of this a lot of the time. They don't just send money straight to relatives. A lot of time they're investing money in like businesses that are that their relatives have. You know what I'm saying? So they'll be like, oh, let's be partners in this, let's let's do this together. Send them and then like that that person, it's a, it's a, it's also a sense of pride, right? Like it's not like I'm just taking money, I'm also doing something with myself, right? Getting so, profit, yeah. I mean, I would look at I don't think I'm not gonna the thing is like everybody has their own situation, everybody has their own case. So I don't know. It's just like when it comes to sending money, I think a lot of people just do it because that's the only way you know that they're going to be safe. You know, and I, I can't blame people for doing that. And the thing is like making business and it's like, it's just, it's just, sometimes it's just too much work and you don't know if they can't work. So everybody has their, no, it's ca- you know, case by case. case you just, you just got to analyze yeah, it. Case by also, case. Like, even now, like responsibility for Somali, right? Like we're thinking like, how do we help Somali people or whatever? Like, honestly, how many of us even contact our relatives in Somalia? Do we know them? Do we talk to them? Do you call like, your grandparents? Do you say hi to her? Like, you're thinking about Somalia, like, a whole country. But, like, you don't even call your grandma. <laughs> for real. Just, it's small things. Like, how do you expect to be help people that you don't know when you don't even call your grandma? Forget, give her anything. Like, mawaza, you know? I want yeah, to start in your own village. That was a good, good run, Tola. It's very, very, it's very good, Tola. Because I feel like that's that's one of our biggest problems. We feel like we can save the world without even saving our own communities and, like, our own families and stuff. Which is crazy. I find I find it mad interesting. Like I wanted, I wanted to know like what's your thoughts on 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 like so going back to the whole community thing. Like, so what do you guys think going forward could be um something that could like I don't know to help you help you like your own your own community and stuff. Have you guys got like, any ideas for that? For me, what I try doing is just spending my time in mentor different mentorship programs to like at least give back, even if it's not in the community, like downtown, like in the area. Just so that if anyone has any questions, like I love it when people have questions about university or school or anything they want to do, because I didn't have anyone to ask those things to. I forced that so hard. Huh? I I legit like every single kid I see. Yeah. Every single Somali kid I see, I will talk to them about school, about university. I'll be like, "What are your options? What do you want to do? What well, do you want to study? Life, Why you do you want to like, do that?" I feel like we didn't have those and, people. Yeah. I just want to be yeah. there for someone or as many people as I can be. So if we can't right now, I don't think I can do much of a difference, but at least like try doing what I can in my community inshallah yeah and it's not always about starting something we're always going on let's start this let's let's start this new thing let's start that new thing there are already things going on like every every other every other person is telling you about a project they have or like something that they're thinking of right so rather than going out there and like having a million and one different projects we should really like go out there and start asking people hey is there anything going on i want to be a part of it okay and like let's stop focusing so much on like power dynamics and like hey i want to be in charge sometimes it's, you don't have to be in charge you're allowed to you're allowed to just be part of to be a small part of the of the of the whole thing right 
So, you know, take that initiative and like find out what's going on in your community and don't just come in there with all these big ideas, like, you know, and like be shocked when. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree 100 percent. We need to start with like the Somali community within um, our cities. But then when it comes to like um, someone I was talking about earlier, certain specializations not being, you know, pre- like people not having certain specializations in Somalia. The reason why this triggered me was because I remember looking into what I studied and like jobs in Somalia and seeing that there were no Somalis that's, that kind of were in this field and that Adan people were doing these jobs, right? And that kind of got me mad. So I was like, I need to go back because I don't want people that are not Somali doing this job, right? So in these cases, I think it is important for us to kind of go back and you know, give that steal training. Steal jobs back you know from what I mean? Adan people. Exactly. Steal, like, how are they stealing steal our jobs, jobs back, back from Adan people? I'm tired. What is this? Yeah. Right. Yeah, they're stealing our jobs everywhere. It's actually annoying, guys. Coming to our countries yeah. and stealing our jobs. Absolutely disgusting. I'm going to... need to I'm go back to where they came from. <laughs> 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 we need to kick them out. I want to build a wall. Right. That's disgusting, that. These immigrants to come... Right? Beca- right? I they're, know. How right? dare they? Who do they... We need to build... Exactly. Immigrants. Build a wall. Who do they think they are? I can't, I can't stand immigrants. This is random idea someone gave me for um for Somalia. They, they were like um, uh, a lot of people think they have to go back home to try help. So someone said that um what you can do is you can you can try set up a a Skype um session where you can teach the kids back home. So there's like so you guys study science and stuff. So you guys could literally tutor kids um from back home in in the comfort of your living room. So that is something very intriguing. Oh my god, that Skype session would be such a fail for my broken Somali. Oh right. My god. <laughs> those kids are gonna laugh at us okay right let's not let's not do it's this. gonna be their comedy show for the week with our broken somali <laughs> no okay my somali's not broken like i take pride in my somali but like the question is i wouldn't know how to say sciencey stuff in somali but, you, right? but even, even if it's not science even if it's not oxygen <laughs> even even if it's not science it could be like maths like maths is a very like international do you know what I mean it's just numbers and stuff so so like and then the thing is a lot of these kids for example like that can't afford tuition or whatever you can just you can literally just tutor them and teach them like basic maths you know like, so they can learn that and stuff so um i find wait that, wait, wait wait they can't afford tuition but they can afford internet to skype us trust me well they can like everyone in somalia's got 4g like it's crazy yeah, everyone has internet now, <laughs> that's crazy well, like, like, I, my, I don't, my 4g is weak compared to this how like, expensive no no but you know for, you know like paying for your phone is really expensive there is it like, i did not, not cheap, know like, i did not know well, like, I thought it was cheap. yeah like they definitely if they have phones and they're paying for their data and for like calling Trust they they can pay their. Oh, tuition. I just allow them as talking to. What do you want from them? Oh, wow, jeez, you have to pay double. No, no, no. I'm not saying. No, no. I'm not saying they should. I'm saying that they probably already do. Wow, you're stingy. You're wow, subhanallah. People here, like you, could be broke, but you can still have nice things. You're privileged. You're privileged. That's what the problem is. Wow. The newest iPhone. Okay, well, and you're, yeah. Imagine you're, t- you're two and a kid, and he pulls out an iPhone. Well, the guy on the iPhone is like, should you do it, bro? Which means you can't afford tuition, you got an iPhone. What's wrong with you, bro? Oh my god. Fix up. Alright, guys, any final words that you want to close us up with? Yeah, I have one. Go for it. So, I truly believe that the future leader that will change Somalia will be born and raised in Somalia. I don't know. I think now Somali politics is a hot mess. Oh, are we going so, to politics now? Now I'm going to politics. I'm just saying. I just want to just, you know, give my two cents. I just truly believe that the person that would change Somalia will be f- 
from Somalia, as in born and raised, and like lived there. But why? Why, why do you think so? No dual citizenship. What? Who has Somali citizenship? Yeah, basically. But why? But why? Why? I know why you get a Somali citizenship. No, couldn't I get it? Yeah, I know. Yes, but twenty dollars on like, the street. <laughs> 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 no, but answer the question, Sahara. Why? 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 Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just it's just like a gut feeling. You, you like, make this sound like an anime. Yeah, I can't lie to you. Acting like this is a prophecy. <laughs> like, what's going on? Yeah, well, I'm like the la- the last Airbender is born in Somalia. Like you say, the guys there. Gonna... <laughs> I believe Aang can save the world. It's gonna be uni- you can unite all the feeling. all the cans and everything's gonna be all yes. cool. Like <laughs> the Fire Nation, of course. <laughs> That is crazy. <laughs> that leader is going to be the one that makes you be part of Somalia. Yes. <laughs> like yes. Oh, like, God, Danny. Airbenders and whatnot. It's crazy. But why, Jenny, why do you believe so? Well, like, you didn't even answer. What, what's, what's the reason? I don't know. I just said it's a gut feeling. I don't know. It's just well, like, I just a feeling walk, I have. You just woke up one day and no, thought, but yeah. She's right. She's right, though. Like, it's not fair. Like, some person who um, probably has some kind of. I don't. I wouldn't trust them. I wouldn't why? trust. Oh, my God. We're going deep into this. But. I wouldn't trust um, a diplomat or like a Somali person who spent a good portion of their life. Are in you the guys West targeting someone to come back? Because I'm confused. Mm-hmm. No, shout out to my uncle, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, continue. No, he's not. He's not. He's not trusted. He's not cheese. That's not my uncle. I'm sorry, but I'm just saying. Exaggerate, exaggerate much. But anyways, listen. For reals though, like honestly, like you don't know. I wouldn't trust it because how do you know that person? wasn't contacted by whatever secret organization or whatever country they came in to do shit and to mess up. No, I'm not trusting that that's shit. That's a deep conspiracy theory. Like, it's yeah, deep. very deep. That's literally that's how Somalis think. Right. I'm with that. Well, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm with that conspiracy. The thing is, like, I, I, am under the, I am under the belief now that no one really... Like, but the thing is, even the person that grew up in Somalia, when he becomes president, like people will chat to him and be like, "Listen, this is this is what's good, and and this is what's gonna happen." Like, I feel like politics is very like power it's, is everything's behind. Yeah, yeah, it's like very. It's, but, and money as well, money and money too. Do you, you guys, guys really want this web camera to start recording, right? <laughs> <laughs> this conversation is going. No, oh, okay, so I got a question. What do you mean no? That's so. Good. Do you guys think? Do you guys think like? Like the the motherland's ever gonna be like a hundred percent cool and all blessed and like peaceful and that? Mm, not probably after a hundred years. So fifteen hundred. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's just it's just gonna take time. Yeah, everybody's forgetting that we were under colonization just fifty years ago. Yeah, and now it's gonna be Jubaland, you know, Putland. Oh yeah, but it's going to take a long time, a long time for us to be like, I don't know why people keep insisting on comparing us to Western countries, because the last Western country that was co- that was that was colonized and was doing pretty shit was the US. And that was 300 years ago. Look at how long it took them to get to where they are right now. Right. So what I'm trying to say is you're saying not in our lifetime. That's crazy. Not, though. Not, <laughs> lifetime. not in our lifetime. That's crazy. Inshallah. So pessimistic. You never know. No, I'm saying it's not that pessimist. It's realistic. It's going to happen eventually, just not now. Like, think about never it. Never know. Do you really think? Not gonna lie, I've always wanted a beach house. I hope this last airbender's born soon, man. Because we need <laughs> to enjoy it. So that, I, just, I just wanted to be there quick. Real quick. Before Dubalan becomes its own country. So, alright, guys, so that's it for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening in uh, to this important conversation. Again, thank you so much to Musa from Scope and Yasin, who is uh, no longer with us, for being with us today. That sounds like he died, though. Yo, he just, he ghosted, he ghosted. But anyways, uh, again, thank you, Musa, for representing the guys on, in this in this conversation. No, definitely. Thank you guys for having us. No problem. Uh, I'm Hafsa. It's Omar Khair. Ikran. 
Sarah? <laughs> Anyways, yeah, so thank you guys for listening and stay tuned for future episodes. Also, if you want to continue this conversation, please message us or DM us at a Bon Podcast on Twitter or Instagram or email us at bonchronicles at gmail.com. You can also send us a question anonymously or ask us something or tell us something anonymously on Curious Cat. Again, thank you so much for being on our episode and uh, <laughs> we'll put all your information in the description below. Do you want to plug yourself in here? Yeah, so if you guys could follow Scope, that'd be great. Um, yeah, <laughs> we're on YouTube, we're on SoundCloud, uh, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook as well sometimes. Um, but yeah, it's S S. It's, it's a double S, but it's not S Scope. It's just Scope. So um, yeah. Oh, okay. I've been calling you guys S S Scope for the longest time. Yeah, same think, here. Think about this, right? Think about this. S S Scope doesn't make sense because it's it's either going to be S Scope or that's three S's. That's three S's. Yeah. So it's S S Scope. That's that's three S's. <laughs> Do you get what I'm saying? So it's um, S Scope or Scope S- or Scope. But do you guys know what the S stands for in Scope? No. The extra S. No, what does it stand for? Somali. No, it does not stand for Somali. I can't say what it stands for. I don't know why I asked you that, but it's a secret. It's a secret. It's probably Somali. It's Somali. Or no, scope was probably already taken, so you just had to add an S in the beginning. Also, if you want to continue this conversation... You know you say conversation with the F, right? If you want to hear more from us uh, or just join the conversation... Or you have this conversation, <laughs> please feel free to continue the conversation. Yeah, and if you guys want to join in this conversation and talk... I don't know yeah, if you noticed this. Yeah, yeah well, I, I didn't want to correct you. I didn't want to correct you. Did I say conversation? Conversation. <laughs> Subhanallah. Like a, it sounds like I say conf- confronting. I'm thinking, like, who's she confronting right now? Oh, confrontation. Oh why don't we correct her earlier? Why don't you help me? Help me. She's morphing into, like, she's confused with her accents, you know? Oh, stop it. Okay, so, all right, let me finish it. Okay, okay. If you want to further the conversation, a conversation. You said it again. Conversation? <laughs> if you, you said it throughout the whole podcast, to be honest. We'll laugh throughout the whole conversation. And nobody stopped me. Y'all are hassled. Conversation. <laughs> Rich, well, I, like, I just thought that's how you speak, to be honest, so I didn't want to correct you. Oh, my God. Listen, it's because okay. Hafsa usually records the outro separately, so we don't hear her record it most of the time. Oh, you just get hit so, with the and confrontation. when you're editing it, you just allow it. Yeah, I don't know. It's Anyways. too much work to fix it at that point. If you guys want to talk about this some more. <laughs> so we've actually recorded another episode with Yasin and Musa from Scope, formerly known to us as Assesco. So the link for it will be in the description. Be sure to check it out. Hey guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. We had a blast recording it. Two things right now. So we were brainstorming about how we can raise money and help send some kids to school. And for now, we're just raising money within ourselves to send at least five kids to school or Duxi of their choice. Right now, we're in the beginning stages and we'll be releasing a short soon talking about it more in detail. And we'll also be setting up a GoFundMe if any of y'all want to chip in and help out. Last but not least, we're going on a hiatus. So basically, we're going to be out and about for two months inshallah and during those two months we'll be taking all your feedbacks and applying it and we'll also be recording for even better season and inshallah we'll be back in mid-may so i hope y'all do well stay safe in the streets take care of yourselves and you know see y'all on the twitter streets